the biggest takeaways from a week three weekend that was again wild in the Big Ten. Nick Singleton is ready for the big stage and Purdue is not. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's show, what are the three biggest takeaways that you should be carrying forward after week three? I think we learned some important lessons about some of the Big Ten's best and maybe not so best teams, and I'll go over them all here on today's show. Starting with the Purdue Boilermakers. It's an interesting game to go over. Maybe the most exciting game of the college football season so far to date, and as far as just the context of what actually happened in the game, like play-by-play, maybe the best game that we're going to get all season. Purdue and Syracuse went back and forth throughout the fourth quarter, scoring 42 points in that quarter to hit over 60, also if you're a betting man or woman, but also to give Syracuse a big third win in their third game of the season and have Purdue fall down to 1-2 and two on the year and have them questioning just how good this team can be. I'll get to that in a minute, but of course the biggest story of this game is the penalties and exactly how things ended between Purdue and Syracuse here. Purdue takes a lead late, gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, gets another unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, takes some other tough penalties during a Syracuse drive back down the field, allows the game-winning or eventually game-winning score, and then gets a whole bunch of other penalties too on its way out. Listen, I was watching this game. I, I understand the officiating was far from great if you're a Purdue fan watching in those shoes. But the way this all started off, at least at the very end, the very last sequence of unfortunate events, on the play in which you took the lead, you had Payne Durham go out there and he he was the guy who started it. Like you can argue about any of the, the play calling penalties and stuff actually in the football game that happened, but him... I thought was he, he was going to get a taunting penalty. I don't know if what they do in college, if it's actually called taunting or what. But, but I thought he was going to get the equivalent of whatever a taunting penalty is after he first scored that touchdown. Then he comes back out for the extra point, gets rowdy during that, gets himself 15 yards. Special teams coach comes out and gets himself 15 yards. And all of a sudden, Syracuse is starting off with a chance to tie or take the lead in this game. It would have been take the lead in this game. They were down by four. And take the lead in this game, in whatever it was that they started that final drive on, Purdue kicked off from their own 10-yard line. That's unacceptable. That's the kind of stuff that says to me, hey, this team is not ready to be on the big stage. If you're 1-1 one and, one and getting rattled at a Syracuse game against a team that's, again, playing well, but supposed to be at the bottom of the ACC at the beginning of the season projections. They've proven they're a lot better than that. But the point is that this is not supposed to be the biggest game that Purdue plays this season. If they're losing it during this game, what's going to happen when you have those games against the Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin teams that are supposed to be deciding whether or not you win the Big Ten West this season? 
I believed in Purdue. I believed in Aiden O'Connell. And maybe that's the worst part of it all, is that that part of things I still believe in. Purdue looked pretty good during that fourth quarter, no? Offense was clicking. Everything was showing flashes of what we thought I think this Purdue offense could be and what we've seen in very short periods before it can be. I just think Purdue blew this game. And they got some help along the way, sure. But when it comes down to it, you cannot let those penalties happen. Ended up being 144 yards in total penalties for Purdue in a 32-29 loss to the Orange. And now they have two losses under their name. One of them a Big Ten loss. And I'm done believing that at least this team can be elite. That they can compete for that side of the Big Ten. Because this game showed me that Purdue's plenty good enough. But even more so than that, it showed me that the Boilermakers are not ready to step onto that stage yet. Just not ready. And unfortunately, that's a hard place to be at when you got a 60-year quarterback at the helm. That's usually when you're wanting to be ready. All right, that was my one first biggest thing to take away. I got two more for you coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. We're going to talk about the two other, at least in my opinion, biggest games and biggest results of the weekend. Penn State, Auburn, and of course Michigan State taking a big loss to Washington and an old Big Ten friend in Michael Penix. We'll get to that here on Locked On Big Ten. Before any of that, though, as you go from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us everywhere it hurts. And it really hurts, too. That's why I started using Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you're earning cash back thanks to Upside. You can get started right now by downloading the Upside app and using the promo code LOCKED to get $5 off more or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. You go over and get the Upside app with the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase or $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, my second big point and big takeaway from the weekend, Michigan State's defense can't stop it anything through the air. I mean, this was something that we knew could be a problem going into the season, but Michael Penix Jr., former Indiana quarterback, now the starting quarterback at Washington, just dismantled Michigan State throughout all of that first half and continued to do it in the second two. It was ugly watching the Spartans try to slow them down in any way. Big plays all over the place. Uh, that series at the end of the first half, and then I guess beginning of the second too, but at the end of the first half, you gave up after getting a score. I, I think it was you had the big kickoff return, a few big plays in just a few seconds right before halftime, and then Michael Penix Jr. got him into the end zone again right before they went into the break to make things 29-8 to at half. It, it was, I think that was when I was just like, oh, so they're not stopping anything today. And then they had the big play to start the second half, too. It just wasn't going to be Michigan State's night on Saturday. That became clear, I think, pretty early. But the, the concerns here for the Spartans are, of course, huge. Michigan State fell all the way out of the top 25 this week because of this loss. We're going to talk about that to wrap up the show. But if you're looking at like what Washington did out there, it was close to making it look easy. 
And maybe there's a chance that this was just Washington having Michigan State's number because it did look that bad out there that like the Spartans were just maybe confused at some point on what was going on. But they got beat bad and consistently too. That was maybe the worst of it because big plays will happen. But the way that Washington was seemingly able to find it on on like every drive, it seemed like, at least find a look at some sort of big play. That was really, 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 really bad. Again, end of the half was really tough. Uh, The first half was concerning on offense, too. The touchdown that Michigan State got in that first half was on even just then a a weird Peyton Thorne backpendling, throwing at the last second to a receiver who had taken a second direction after the play had broken down. It, It was all around really, really bad in the first half. Second half, at least Michigan State's offense seemed to figure something out a little bit, got something going, but... In that first half, everything was, uh, I mean, panic mode. Panic mode kind of stuff. Defense wasn't stopping anything. Offense wasn't looking like it was figuring out the Washington defense to any extent. There were, are, are, I should say. I I was going to say were after that first half, but definitely still are. A lot of questions to be answered for Michigan State, as seen by what the voters did to them here today. They're not in the top 25. It's going to be a bit of a rough road, I think, for them to try and claw their way back, especially in that East, too. But it's just another team now that I think is just miles away from competing with the top two teams over there. Uh, Again, when we went into this season, it was Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and then Michigan State. As far as the four teams that we thought, okay, these teams could be really good this year. I think with this loss to Washington, you have to, at least for now, take Michigan State down a peg and say, okay, maybe you're not quite ready for the big, big game just yet. Maybe it will be by the time the big game comes, but at least right now, it's not looking really good what you were doing there on defense in the passing game. And it's not looking like something that's going to fix itself here over the course of just one week either. So my second biggest takeaway from the weekend is until Michigan State can stop anything through the air, they are not a top 25 football team. And, well, this week they're not a top 25 football team. Moving on to the next and final point I have here for us to take away from the weekend. Uh, Not only is Nick Singleton for real, but I think there might be a chance that he can carry all Penn State all the way to being for real, too. As I just mentioned, Michigan State took a big, big step down in my head as far as how good that team can be this season, just based on how bad that pass defense looked in that one game. In the same fashion, I think Nick Singleton, in maybe not the one game, but in the last few games here, has confirmed everything that I believed about him. I said it before the end of the week last week, that I think if Auburn makes Sean Clifford win this game, Penn State might have some trouble, but I think Nick Singleton might be good enough to beat a good Auburn run defense, and he was. 124 yards, 10 carries, a touchdown for him. Really, really good again, and just run over everybody on that Auburn side. Two touchdowns, again, for Singleton, not just the one. He was that kind of good, and he is that kind of good, I think. Because in the first half, Penn State was not looking all that great against Auburn. Things were still very close. Singleton was a big part of how they pulled away in this game and made things not so close. 
So if you're Penn State right now, I think with what you've seen so far out of your team, you can be comfortable putting yourself not only in third place in the conference in our power rankings, if you have them in your own head, but they're kind of clearly in their own tier too. Clearly below Ohio State and Michigan, but also now clearly above in a way they weren't before, the Michigan State, the Minnesota who's been playing well, anybody else who you might want to try and put up there next to them. I think Michigan State, or I'm sorry, Penn State has proven that they've gotten themselves to a point right now where they can be good enough. Where I think like, hey, if Nick Singleton comes out and has a good game, and Penn State's defense is at least okay enough against a really good team, they can knock off a Michigan. They can knock off an Ohio State. That's the kind of potential I think Nick Singleton on his own gives that Penn State offense. Now, can the Penn State defense be good enough to stop a, say, Ohio State offense? Still has yet to be seen because the defense for the Nittany Lions was not 100% there. Yes, it did good on the scoreboard and it was a blowout win, but Auburn outgained the Nittany Lions. If you were watching that game, it was the turnovers that really did Auburn in. And I'm not going to touch on this too much because it feels weird uh, putting any sort of trashing on a defense that did that well. It was all over the place. It was putting uh, pressure on Auburn at times where it needed to put pressure on Auburn. But at the same time, there were a few of those turnovers that came in situations where Auburn would have put points on the board, could have made things closer. So this game wasn't quite as close as the score indicated, but Penn State was clearly the better team. The defense was opportunistic in a way that you love to see if you're trying to be a pesky defense like Penn State is this season. And everything on offense, I think if you're a Nittany Lions fan, has been going the way that you've wanted it to so far. Nick Singleton is carrying. Sean Clifford is looking pretty good as a result of him not having to do everything. And Penn State's rolling right now. Up in the AP polls as well, too. Which is what we're going to end on here as we continue along on Locked On Big Ten. So let's get in here to the top 25. As the top of things goes, it's the same as it's been. Ohio State's number three. Michigan's at number four. But with the loss of Michigan State over the weekend, the Spartans fall all the way out of the top 25 to number 26, actually, if you're just counting the AP votes. They were the first team left off of the top 25 teams. Just got to make the cutoff somewhere. But going from number 11 to that, I think, is kind of a testament to just how bad that loss was. Michigan State not only lost to Washington, and if the final score for the Penn State-Auburn game, 41-12, to is not indicative of how close that game could have been, this game between Michigan State and Washington, 39-28, that score is not indicative of how much of a blowout this game was at times and could have been at the end. Michigan State got beat bad. And I think it was more than just, again, Washington scheming past them. Because sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes a team just has your number and you're able to bounce back and the rest of the season never really look as badly as you did that one week. And to that point, I would think Michigan State hopes that on defense, especially in the passing game, it never does look as bad as it did this weekend against what it did against Washington. But as far as what it can do going forward, again, the ceiling capped with that secondary. You can't stop the pass game. You can't beat Ohio State. You can't beat Michigan for sure. 
that's not going to happen. And, and if you're not going to beat those teams and you already got a loss on your name, yeah, you're fighting to say that you're a top 25 team there. So that's where Michigan State stands right now. Penn State, on the other hand, goes all the way up to number 14 in the top 25 from being at 22 the week before. I think rightfully so. I think while Auburn may be not as great as it has been, of course, and, and maybe not as great as the hype that that game got, maybe it deserved to be, but the point is that Penn State looked outstanding. The turnovers were a big part in why that game was such a lopsided final, but Penn State was going to win that game no matter what, I think. I mean, it's not hard to say when you're looking at a 29-point final score, but it's a game where I think you proved that if you're Nick Singleton, yes, I'm that dude, even further, on a bigger and national stage. And also, if you're Penn State, you gain the confidence that that can be good enough to take you to a next level this season. Because I think with the play that he has done through the three weeks, he has proven that he can be somebody who takes a team a notch above. I don't know how big that step can be with just one running back in today's game, even if it's just today's college game too. But I think that whatever that is, Singleton's got it. When we talk about him potentially being the next Penn State Saquon Barkley, I'm bought in. I am in on this guy having that kind of skill. We'll be back tomorrow here on Locked On Big Ten with everything you need to know on what's going on in the conference. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. Be sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's Locked On Big Ten on YouTube and podcast platforms. The 10 is 1-0, not T-E-N at the end if you're not finding us when you're searching. My personal Twitter is at Nate with Sports. We've, of course, got another big week of Big Ten football coming our way this weekend. A whole lot of nice matchups for us to get into. And as we get over through hump day and into the end of the week, we got to start previewing things. That's coming up here tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten. Until next time, again, I'm Nate Dickinson. This has been Locked On Big Ten.